Welcome to All Means All. I'm Carolyn O'Hearn. And I'm Sarah Perglosi. We are two inclusive education enthusiasts striving to shift mindsets, challenge the status quo, and open more doors for all students in all settings, all of the time. Hi again. We are coming back to you from day two of Learning Forward in Washington, D.C. Um, another really great day of collaborating and aha moments and just taking some of the things that we're hearing what other educators and leaders and administrators are doing around the country and thinking about how we can just improve our own practices, which I'm really excited about. And in one of the sessions that I went to this afternoon, um, the speaker spoke about how noise is growth. And what she meant by that was if you're getting pushback from a staff member, like we're trying to do a new initiative or the student is pushing back, it really is a signal that they're thinking and processing something rather than simply complying And I really thought that that was interesting because Sarah, you and I sat with another group yesterday in our first session where the gentleman was talking about how growth is really just uncomfortable. And if we're saying we're growing and we're trying to grow in a certain area and it feels easy, then we're either misjudging it and not shooting to where we could be, or um, it's not the growth that we actually could be making in general. Yeah, and I think that really hits home for both of us, too, is this idea that we're having conversations about it. Sometimes those conversations may make us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It may make the educators or the students or whoever that person is uncomfortable. But ultimately, it's having the conversation. It's being open. It's being vulnerable. It's partnering together to shift our practices, shift our mindset, and ultimately to be better versions of ourselves, And when we have those difficult conversations, when we let our conversational partners uh, choose and make choices, it helps us also arrive to this idea of they're committed Mm -hmm. versus they are doing it out of compliance. And we talked a lot about that in our session this morning too, about the importance of bringing voice and choice to these conversations and in the professional learning that we provide so that people see why it is we're doing what we're doing, what my part is. We develop that role clarity and that understanding of what the goal looks like so that we are all on the same bus going the same direction and we are committed to do it for that ultimate purpose versus, oh, here comes my administrator and now I need to do this special thing. That is exactly what we spoke about in our roundtable this afternoon was all about the clarity piece. And if I can't explain what the expectation is or what I'm looking for or why we're doing what we're doing, I can't expect whoever my end user is, whether that's a teacher, whether that's the student, whether that's a family member, I can't expect them to also be able to feel clear about what that expectation or idea or movement forward is. And I think a big piece of that is just sitting in the uncomfortableness of it all. It's being comfortable with the uncomfortable um, because in order for us to make change, you know, we, we all have those moments and those thoughts about things we'd like to see differently. But when 
you're asked, okay, how can this be improved? Depending on the situation, we might just sit with it and say, mm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share anything because either my voice isn't valued or they're just asking to ask and they don't actually want my feedback. And so real change happens when feedback and input are actually valued and incorporated moving forward. And when we think about clarity, sometimes it's uncomfortable for us as the leaders to really question what is the reason that I'm doing this? Why am I doing this? How is this going to impact students or the educators? Is this a need? Am I being responsive? We have to take the time to reflect before we can take the time to lead. And I think that sometimes makes people uncomfortable too, because those aren't easy questions to answer. Right. And I think, again, it's it's getting that input and sitting with it and thinking it. And one of the, during the keynote this morning, we had um, a panel of coaches and um, other educators just talking about coaching and the coaching way of being. And something that was said from Jen Lara was a lot of times we make assumptions about what people need just to ask. What is it that you need? Here's how I might be able to help. And I think that goes really well with what you were just saying, Sarah, in terms of we we just move forward. And if we're telling people what they need to do, then it is going to be commitment or it's going to be compliance instead of commitment rather than assuming we know what someone else needs. And part of that is also that we're not just asking that when that person responds, that we are very intentional with listening, that we are not multitasking, doing all of these other <laughs> things, but we are there in the moment. And in that same panel, James Thurman talked about how the most useful skill in coaching is really to intentionally listen and not only listen for the words that that person is speaking, but paying attention to the body language, to the tone, that we're really listening about what is the real challenge that they're communicating What is it that they need to move forward with? And you can't do that when you're doing more of that cosmetic listening where I'm nodding my head, but I'm not really intentionally listening. And we are not great at doing that as a a collective group of people. No, 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 you're right. We, everything, we are all wearing so many hats now and we're constantly thinking about either how to respond or something else that we could or should be doing instead of being in the moment. Um, and then to follow up with what you just said from James Thurman, Sharon Helmke also followed with that by saying, you know, we as conversational partners aren't just listening to what they're saying. We are paying attention to body language and tone, just like James, uh, but also gestures and energy and facial expressions, figurative language. We're listening to what isn't being said. And I think that that is so important and that circles back to that intentionally listening part because you're going to miss a lot if you're not fully in the moment and fully present. And one of the things that she talked about is when we're in these conversations with people, it is really hard if somebody, if their truth doesn't match or their beliefs don't match our beliefs, our first response is to jump into that defensive mode of, you know, when we hear things like those aren't my students, right? You and I both, I just saw your face. <laughs> we both have this reaction and, and she challenged us that even when we disagree with someone, 
we need to recognize that it is their truth in that moment and that we really need to listen to understand versus listening to respond. Mm -hmm. To follow up with that, I mean, we, we talk a lot about coaching on our podcast. This entire conference has this beautiful theme of coaching. We've been having a lot of fun diving deeper. But Sarah, you and I haven't been officially trained in coaching. We've gone deeper into this work and determined that we want to be more coach-like and we want to be each other's thought partner and we want to be just just someone who is intentional and someone who is sought out um, when someone's having a, a challenge. And so one of the things that was said today is that you don't actually need an official coach, but you really do need that thought partner who can ask good, open-ended questions. And I think that's what's so important. So whether you are a parent, whether you are a student, whether you are a speech path or a teacher or an administrator, you coaching is great. And if you have access to a coach, that's fantastic. Use that. But it, even if you don't, you could also call someone up that you know. I call Sarah regularly, and she calls me regularly, just as a, hey, talk me through this ask the questions because I, I can ask them myself, but it helps me process when someone's asking them to me. And with that, if you're listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you for listening. But think about who can be a coach for you. Who is somebody in, in your network that might be willing to listen, to really listen, to be that thought partner, to ask open-ended questions and allow you to find the solution. And beyond that, think about how you can serve the people around you. How can you be more coach-like to others so that they have that thought partner who is willing to ask those open-ended questions to help them shift their practices and do better?